Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? I used to do a podcast, uh, and welcome to my podcast, by the way, my Christian walk. Uh, I used to do a podcast, and every Monday I'd play that uh, Bengals song, Just Another Manic Monday. Whoa, whoa. I wish it was Sunday. Whoa, whoa. Because that is my fun day. Okay, forgive the singing. Ow, ow, ow. You hear the dogs barking in the background? All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My Christian walk. It's a Monday morning, and I am just cleaning up my house. You know, I've come to realize that I am a flipping slob, yo. I am a slob, and I've, I've got to always battle my slobbiness. Because if it comes to just, you know, putting crap away in the right place or leaving it, I'm going to leave it. Can, there be, can any of you relate to this problem, this, this deep-rooted uh, predisposition to just be a slob? Because that's what I am, yo. I'm a slob. Anyway, uh, TMI. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get into it. So I was debating what to talk about this morning. And I was going to go to Scripture, which I love to do, obviously. Being a Christian, I like to go to Scripture. I do believe, just for the record, that uh, the Bible is inspired. The New Testament is inspired. The Old Testament is a different uh, beast altogether. Uh, when you read the Old Testament, you read the New Testament. First of all, God says the gospel is foolishness to those who don't believe. It's true, man. It's true. You need to have the Holy Spirit residing inside of you in order to get meaning and in order to, to feel God in scripture. Now, I know doubters, people that are not down with Christianity will say, well, you know, you could do that with anything. You could read into Scientology. You could read into any cult if you were just duped enough. And I get it. And to a degree, I think that's absolutely correct. Minus the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is one Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you. He was saying this to his apostles as you spread the gospel message, which they all did to their deaths. Uh, many of the apostles were martyred. But here's what I want to talk about today. I thought about this right before I got on. I want to talk about <clears throat> the word salvation. And I've been reading this book uh, specifically about this, put out by a Catholic. It's funny, I was uh, calling into this radio show and it was put on by these two Catholics, go, go figure. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And finally I get on and like, they don't even let me talk. They just send me a book, which I am grateful because the book had to do uh, with my question, which was, you know, what is it that you Catholics think about salvation because there is a a huge abyss in the in the practice of faith between a catholic and a protestant now of course there's numerous denominations within the protestant faith but in general the um, dividing line and this is where martin luther was so instrumental is the emphasis on one's salvation so i thought what i'd do today this morning is I'd share a little bit about my personal feelings and experiences with this term salvation because you know I can go off and rattle off just verse after verse after verse. And frankly, 
If you've ever had a polite argument with a Protestant uh, born-again Christian and they start rattling off verses, you know, I get it. That's what the Bible says. However, if you're not a believer in the Bible and you're remotely open to hearing about some of these things like salvation, it's not going to have that much, if any, impact on you. So I'm going to forego that and just talk from my heart. So, salvation. Uh, in, and I'm just going to talk freely, in Catholicism, the Catholic faith posits the idea that we have sacraments. And in these sacraments, you will get strengthened in your faith. So whether it's uh, the sacrament of penance, sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, um, confession, penance, etc. You know, you have to kind of change your viewpoint when you are buying into the Protestant uh, practice and definition and acceptance of salvation because in, I'll just say, born-again Christian world, once you are saved, you are always saved. Now, this is, I think, a trap to a certain degree because one could, and I know people, myself included, to certain degrees that have done this. Once you believe you're saved, it's like, yo, that's it. I'm saved. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> that is not true. The term saved and salvation has to do with what your faith is after the point of accepting Jesus Christ, truly accepting Jesus Christ as your as your personal Lord and Savior. Now, as a young boy, my belief as a Catholic was I was always having to work. And as a boy, you don't have, or a young girl, you don't have young boy, young girl, too many things that press upon you. You know, life's pretty vanilla, right? It's not until you get to be in your teens where the world starts opening up to you. And then as a young adult, adult, you start fraternizing with people who are not uh, faithful people, who are not Christian. They're secularists, and hence their behaviors are different. Now, that's pretty enticing, and I know because I was enticed by that. And I was sort of seduced by that, like, whoa, yo, these people are pretty cool. Whoa, yo, I can do this? Oh, yo, hey, you know, fun, fun, fun. Where's God? Not in any of it. I think that's why the Bible warns us that we have to be careful. It doesn't mean that we ostracize anybody. It doesn't mean that we uh, think we're holier than anybody. Absolutely not. God knows about the influences of the world because the world is of the devil. God's creation has been taken over. And if you look around at what surrounds us, it's not that it's all evil. That's not what I'm saying. There's a very subtle presence of Satan in the world in that anything that takes us, distracts us, redirects us away from God into ourselves, into our pleasures is a way uh, for Satan to work. So we have to be careful. Now, getting back to the point of this podcast today, when we talk about salvation, though, you're talking about existing in the world with a heightened um, protection against yourself. You see, because if we just operate without God, without Jesus, on the premise that all I got to do is try to be good. That's all I got to do, yo. Just try to be good. Okay. That's fantastic. What's good? Please define good. 
because your definition of good is not going to be the same as Joe Blow's your next door neighbor or as your brother or as your sister or as your cousin or as your friend or as your enemy. It's a wide open campaign. So, you know, God in his infinite holiness, righteousness, justice said, you cannot do it. You cannot be righteous enough to spend eternal life in heaven. You cannot achieve that membership on your own accord. So I am going to bring myself down in human form in the, in the personage of the Son, Jesus Christ, who is going to teach you and die for you. He will pay the penalty for your sins. In other words, every bad thing you've ever done, if you accept Jesus Christ, will be cleared in the book of life in the record that I that I keep, you will be forgiven. That's it, man. And born again Christians say the moment that you reach that point and accept Jesus Christ truly, and it may be a process, you all. You may say the words. It's one of the one of the things I really hate about born again Christian uh, people programs that just say, well, if you just say the little prayer, you're going to be saved. Just say the words, Jesus is my savior. That's a bunch of crap. You think Jesus really operates on that on that premise that all you got to do is say these little magic words? It's a bunch of crap. It's what's in your heart. Do you come to the point, as I have, where you are so empty and you are so in bondage to yourself in this life and the vicious cycles of mundanity and things that we pursue that just don't cut it. That you say, Jesus, where are you? If you're there, come into my life. God, I don't want to live this way. I want to be secure or have hope for eternal life. That kind of humility, my friends, is what leads to salvation. Then your whole spirit changes. And no, you don't walk around with a bow tie necessarily. You don't go open doors, walk old ladies across the street, feed the hungry. You could, you could, but you'll change. But it won't be you. Now, Naysayers will say, but look, man, and by the way, I'm going to get back to this comparison between Catholicism and Christianity, but naysayers will say, well, look, man, I'm a good person. I don't do any of that crap. I'm a faithful husband. I believe in family and I live, try to live a good life. Nothing wrong with that statement, except that those works may please God. He may, because God is God. God's righteous. God knows. He's just. He knows exactly what you're doing. But you still, I believe, this is the core of the gospel message. You're still arrogant in that Jesus did not come down here so that you could ignore him and think that you're good enough to go to heaven. Because if that was the case, guess what? 
Jesus never would have came down for that reason, for that very reason that you're rejected. That is so vitally important because one of the biggest tricks of the devil is to convince you that Jesus is not who he said he was. In other words, that's sort of the question I kept coming back to. Is Jesus Jesus? And if he is, if he is, then there is an exclusivity with the gospel message that you just can't reject. That did it for me, yo. That's what brought me out of the world of Catholics and Catholicism to uh, what I, I now have a hybrid. And I'm going to get to this right now because I'm going to talk about Catholics. So Catholics, now going to Catholics. Catholics say, you know what? The apostolic tradition followed the ministry of the apostles. Jesus said to Peter, you are my rock and on my rock I will build this church. And he said to the apostles, whatever sins you, and I'm paraphrasing, you forgive, you forgive, whatever sins you don't, you don't. And, you know, the church was built upon the premise of those words, but then tradition factors in for Catholics, unlike, which I find to be lovely, I find the tradition and the idea that when I go to a Catholic Mass, that some of those, um, uh, some of the jargon and things that we profess in writing have been in existence for thousands of years. I love that. I love that. And the fact that as the church was being developed, that they would worship at the beginning of the week. And the fact that churches were designed a certain way physically, and we still follow that as Catholics follow that in the way they designed the church. And that the Eucharist is literally looked at when Christ says, this is my body, drink my blood, eat my body, and this has been given up for you. That you are ingesting like a spiritual uh, pill that is going to stain you and give you, I felt all that. So it's only when we get as Christians that have come out of the Catholic tradition into areas of purgatory, which I still, the jury's out, I don't know. I've, I've been blessed, everybody, being a Catholic and being a, a Christian and a I consider myself both. I can go and step into any Catholic Mass. Now, here's how I deal with the disparity between the two. I say, you know what? I know some great, great Catholics. My girlfriend, her mother, father, mother, I don't know about her father, big time Catholics. Big time Catholics. I've befriended, uh, I think that's what you say, isn't it? Befriended? Or is it defriended? Befriended. Befriended. A Monsignor who's very close to my girlfriend, who is a wonderful man. And I've been to Mass, and he's given great sermons. And I know the man walks with God. I know it. I can feel it. I can sense it in his spirit. And you know what? He took the vow. He's doing his walk. He is working out his salvation with fear and trembling. But at the end of the day, if you got us both together in a room and debated these topics, he probably, if he was being pressed, would say that I need the sacraments. I need the sacraments. I need to follow the sacraments. And you know what? I'll leave that to God. And God willing, when I do meet him, I can at least say, you know what? 
I probably won't say anything. I'll be in such awe. And by the way, not hoping for this anytime soon. <clears throat> I feel a lot different in my life now as a believer who feels that I did not go through life and ignore Jesus Christ. So I'm going to end with this. Salvation is a process. It starts with a acceptance of Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. There is no, in my opinion, definitive reality to it being a one-time deal and it being a process. Because I know many people who, when you deal with your sinful self and think you've already been saved, there's nothing really to live for. And we are going to sin. We are going to struggle with our flesh. As Paul said in Romans, the things we want to do, we do not do. And the things we do, wait, the things we do, we do not want to do. And the things we want to do, we do not do. Something like that. Very close. Oh, wretched creature that I am, who will save me from this, this duality? And that would be Jesus Christ. So here's the verdict, everybody. I don't give a crap what you do. Whether you're a Lutheran, whether you're a Baptist, whether you're a Catholic, <clears throat> don't care. I think in your heart, the reason for this podcast is to lead you to the acceptance of Jesus Christ. And pray for Jesus Christ to come into your life. Pray for Jesus Christ to handle all your crap, all of it, daily. Pray for it. I pray the rosary, yo. I pray to the saints. I pray novenas with my girl. I read the Bible, man. <clears throat> I do all this crap because, well, it's not crap, but I do all this stuff because I need to be fed spiritually. So anyways, everybody, had a great time. Please tune in if you like what I hear. Spread it around. This has been uh, my Christian walk. Have a great day. Peace.